Welcome to Coffee Kareem Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in today. I know, where have I been? It's been a while. Uh, I am a content provider, but you know, I'm also a human being and got a personal life and I've got stuff going on. Um, This idea of creating content every single day, consistent content and posts, I mean, It gets a little fake after a while, people, you know? It's like nobody knows that much about anything, and most of us are just repackaging what someone else posted in our own words, including myself, although I like to believe I have some originality and creativity. But, uh, you know, life happens. Um, I was traveling for a couple of months. I actually went to Egypt, spent some time with family there, went to the U.S. for a bit, Uh, been back in Brazil for a couple of months now, and... um, As most of you know, I have four young kids, and that's a very challenging life. One thing I realized when I went to Egypt was, you know, how important it is to have a sense of community and and family. Um, Not that I don't have one in Brazil, but, you know, it is a very isolating experience to be an American Muslim living in a country where the culture, the religion is very, very different in a lot of ways. Uh, than your own. Uh, I don't have this concept of like on the weekends I'm going to meet up with some friends or go out to dinner or have discussions with people. Uh, you know, people don't aren't going to get my jokes. I'm a very social guy and uh, I don't have a social life. So that's something I learned in the last two years of being here that that's like really important. And uh, it's been quite difficult to just feel that sense of inspiration, motivation, or joy from time to time. But alhamdulillah, you know, we take it day by day and uh, we get through it. Uh, What else are you going to do? You know, just by being in Egypt, I also felt, you know, a revival of spiritual sweetness, you know, hearing the adhan every day, having people to pray jama'ah with. I mean, it really, uh, you know, impacts your practice of religion in a positive way, I'd say. Um, Of course, when you have a good setup for that, right? Like your family's not abusive around religion and so forth. First of all, just want to thank all of you for tuning in today. Um, I really, really want to give a big warm hug to all my patrons who continue to support the show despite, you know, having some MIA. Um, Please keep me in your prayer and my family. And, uh, you know, I just turned 42 at the end of July. So that's also a big transition. Every time I have a birthday, I like to kind of reflect and look back at my life and timeline and and lessons. Today, I'd like to share some reflections on lessons that I think are important for all of us to hear, no matter what the age. Um, You know, life goes by really fast and uh, you always still feel like, at least I do, I still feel like that kid in me is still in there. It's just now encrusted with all these manly you know, mature responsibilities. And I've also, you know, realized that you learn. You, you don't, you've, I've learned that you don't stop learning. I've learned that you don't stop learning. So a couple of things that I think is important for all of us to consider in our existential framework. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, the framework that we construct our own reality, ourselves, our identity, and how we make meaning of our existence, our being on a daily basis, short term, long term, past, present, future. In other words, what am I? Who am I? What is the value I have? Do I matter? What's the point? What's my purpose? 
And there isn't just one answer for those things. Uh, a lot of us, you know, are, are seeking fulfillment sometimes in the wrong places or sometimes we have a misunderstanding of what fulfillment really is. But lesson one is time goes by really fast, people. And I talk about this in my New Year's episodes often, you know, the importance of time, valuing your time, making the use of your time. I'm 42, dude, I can't believe it. Um, I feel like I just turned 20, I just turned 30, and now here we are starting the decade of the 40s. Uh, more gray hairs in the head and the beard, you know, weaker in the knees, can't play basketball like I used to, etc. Uh, it's just how it is, you know, everything that has a beginning has an end. All things that are created are dependent, contingent entities that don't have essential, substantial power of their own, uh, and time goes by. The other thing that I've learned is that you never stop learning in life. I don't think anyone should ever get comfortable with, I know something. Uh, you may know more about a subject or topic than those around you. Like a medical doctor knows a lot more about physiology and medicine than I do. Um, just like a carpenter knows how to build a house from the foundation up uh, more than I do. And so knowledge is, is something that I wouldn't say there's a superiority of knowledge in things. It's, um, it's all horizontal, you know, because... When you're with that outdoorsy guy who, you know, doesn't have a professional job or degree like maybe someone else does, but if you're lost in the woods or stuck on an island, that's going to be the sheikh, you know? He's going to know how to start fires, identify plants that you can eat that are poisonous, probably knows how to build shelter out of natural raw materials, and all forms of knowledge are valuable. We never stop learning, even in the field or expertise that you happen to be in. Uh, this is always the case. So at age 42, the little, little wisdom I feel I might be able to share today is one. We're not going to live forever. Let's, let's all get real. I don't care if you're 17 or 27 or 57. Uh, we all know it's the only fact, no matter what you're religious, spiritual, theistic background is, or no background, you're all going to die. We're all going to die. I'm going to die. And that means that every single day is a priceless gift. And it's sad that many of us, including myself, have sometimes not taken full advantage of every day, every breath that we've had in our lives. You know, whether we get stuck in our own loops or we work too hard and we don't relax, we don't enjoy anything, everything's on and the next thing and we're going and the next plan and the next thing I got to do and you're not going to be here forever. So we have to also learn how to chill, get present, slow down, enjoy things because why else, why else would we do anything, right? It's like you can't just do things for money or for prestige, or for someone else's expectations. You actually have to live a full life. Living a full life is different for everybody. But for me, it means simply having harmony, you know? Not playing too much, not working too much, not resting too much, uh, not being revved up too much, you know? Having appropriate energy outputs for the things that you need in your life. So we're not gonna live forever, too. Everything changes and ends. I, there are many phases in my life where I was really present, really enjoying it, whether it was college, grad school, 
you know, living in a certain area or home. And just, I remember reflecting in some of those moments, like, this is great, I love it, alhamdulillah, but one day it may not be here, or I might not be here. Uh, it's going to change, we might move, we might have to take a new job, we might have to go somewhere because of circumstances. Everything that has a beginning has its end, and everything changes. It's one of the other laws. It's one of the other constants of existence. Everything changes and ends. There's many times I've spoken to clients and they were in a real rut, whether it was depression or feelings of suicide or life is just stuck and we're never, it's never going to get better. And subhanAllah, months later, you know, you find that things have changed. You know, I got the job or I got this or I finally got, you know, a good prospect for marriage or I got married. Um, I finally was able to have a kid after trying for so long and so on and so forth. I mean, be patient. Let life unfold. Take it day by day. Things changing isn't always a bad thing. Um, don't assume things will change for the worse. Things can change for the better. We have to believe this and trust in that. Another important lesson I've learned at age 42 is that things don't always go according to plan. I, you know, can't tell you how different my life actually is from what I imagined it to be, let's say when I was 20 or, or in college. I, it's like so different than what I imagined. Uh, took such a different route. Took so many turns and twists and curveballs I just didn't expect. That's not always a bad thing because it teaches us how to adapt. It teaches us how to be fluid, flexible. There is a reason why perhaps you're mostly water. Uh, that element of water is supple and flexible and it does take the shape of its, the contours of, of whatever it you know, gets poured into, so to speak. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's a beautiful, powerful metaphor for the human adaptability process. So things don't always go according to plan. And this, of course, connects to another lesson, which is the disease of wanting to control. And wanting to control means we want to control what other people will think of us, what other people will do, what we'll do, what we'll think, how life is going to play out. Um, a lot of our anxiety and, and sadness and concerns about the fact that we are limited beings and creatures, right? We don't have absolute power. We don't have absolute control, predictability, might of everything. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. And the reality is most of us live day to day seamlessly without any major catastrophes, right? Um, of course, all of us have fit fitna and balawi. We have tests and tribulations and, and trials and things will come up and challenge us. Things can be very intense. You know, we could go through a trauma, but it's not like it happens every day for most of us, you know. Uh, it happens once every, in a while, right? Um, and so when you think about that, there is a great mercy in, in the divine reality that most of us live every single day without any major pain, major struggle, or major confrontation around our existence. We just, you know, most of us is just work and, you know, go home and Netflix and food and sleep and repeat, you know, it's like, let's be honest, like, a lot of us are not struggling with huge traumas on a daily basis, 
right? Now, that doesn't mean there aren't people that really do suffer or have very, very challenging mental health or physical health or circumstantial, you know, challenges. That, that does exist. But for example, you rarely meet somebody who has been unemployed for 50 years, right? And they've just been totally struggling and homeless. Uh, again, that does happen, but it's not very common, right? More people are employed and have food and shelter than aren't. Um, you do meet people that may have lost a loved one, whether it's a child or a parent or a relative, but you don't meet too many people that have lost all their relatives, even though that does happen, but it's rare compared to the majority of us. And so things do not always go according to plan is another big lesson I've learned. And does that mean now we should not plan things? We should not have hope? We should not keep trying to build the life or seek the provision that we want? Of course not. But we do have to recognize the metaphor of life can be like waves, ocean waves, right? It's You can't tell the ocean what to do with itself. But what you can do is learn how to float, swim, build a raft, build a boat, you know, not go too deep into something, stay closer to the shore, right? All of these are ways we can adapt or protect ourselves during the rocky, wavy bumps of life, so to speak. Another big lesson I've learned at age 42 is that pain is part of life. Discomfort is part of life. You know, this is a tough one, especially in our times where so much is about, I want to do what makes me happy. Um, so much is about our feelings, our subjective states. And while those things are important and, and certainly a dimension of our actual experience of life, you know, some of these statements are just so loaded, like, oh, just do what you love. It's like, well, let's say I'm, I want to play video games all day and, and bake chocolate chip cookies. It's like, that sounds nice, but you can't really just do what you love all the time every day, right? You have to actually find things that are useful, productive, efficient, um, develop your caliber of responsibility, discipline. A lot of times we confuse, you know, fulfillment with being happy all the time. But I know many people who've accomplished, let's say, whatever they wanted to accomplish. And at some point they're like, okay, now what? What's next? I'm not happy or I want to do something more or I got what I wanted, but I want something else. And if we accept that pain is a part of life, discomfort is a part of life, then we can't expect we're going to be happy or love everything we do or every single day of our lives. But since one of the earlier lessons is everything changes and ends, even low states or unhappy times or unfulfilling events will change and there will be a recalibration. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, yusra, that with hardship there is also ease parallel to it. It's not necessarily after it, but it's parallel. So it's a matter of perspective, right? When something, when you feel like something really sucks right now for you, ask yourself, how is there also a benefit or an ease in this for me, right? So losing a job sucks. It causes anxiety, it causes fear. We don't know what we're gonna do, how are we gonna pay the bills? 
But that could also present an opportunity of ease where you get a new job or a better job or you take a different trajectory of making an income. And so by recognizing that pain is a part of life, discomfort is a part of life, learning to adapt or expect that is going to make your ability to get through those times much more substantiated. Because life isn't always fair. That's another lesson I've learned, right? Life isn't always fair. Our expectations of fairness can lead to frustration and disappointment. So we got to focus more on our own responses to life's unfairness rather than dwelling on them and trying to make everything perfectly fair. This is really a false pursuit. And I've seen a lot of people like this. And what ends up happening is you just live a victim mentality. You live a victim mentality as your default mode. And that's like a really crappy energy to be around if you've ever been around it. You know, someone that always thinks life is unfair. Everything sucks for them. Everything's better for everyone else. I mean, it's just so limiting. If we're able to process the pain, the discomfort, the unfairness in a healthy way, rather than suppressing it or reacting to it, then we're going to become more whole people. It's like I always tell my son. My son is in this phase now where he just thinks a lot of things are boring. He's seven years old. You know, he doesn't want to do his homework. He complains when we're not going to do something exciting. And I, you know, a part of me is like, dude, I feel like that at age 42 sometimes. Like, oh man, this is boring or it's the same old or there's nothing exciting happening in my life. Nothing really big to look forward to. No happy occasions. But, you know, I told him this. I said, look, imagine if the whole world was one color. The trees, the sky, people, the earth. I mean, that would be really boring if everything was one thing all the time, including joy and happiness, one thing all the time. It's not going to, it's going to lose its flavor, its sweetness, its, its shine. Uh, and this is why perhaps you do see people who have, quote unquote, everything that would make them happy and they're still not happy because the bottom line is it always comes back to the self. How does the self identify with what's happening in its life? How does the self regulate difficult, painful, discomfort, uncomfortable times? And then how does the self make meaning of it and forge a future forward? This is the cycle we're all in. So a couple of things that I've been trying to focus more on myself. And, you know, this again goes, this goes back to the whole consistent content providing. It's like, I need to make sure I'm really living things before I go talk about them. That's just how I feel. Um, I'm not the type of person who wants to give a lot of advice on things that I still maybe don't have a handle on, right? So I like to be very careful. And a lot of times we think we've practiced acceptance or we have self-care or we have self-regulation skills or coping skills or we practice gratitude enough but we can always learn and improve. We never stop learning. We never stop growing. And perhaps this is why life isn't static. It always keeps coming. You know, those waves still bring new things to the shore that we have to look at and engage and deal with. New temperatures of the water. 
But the main things that have really helped me, especially in these last two years of, I would say, significant isolation or loneliness as a person, again, considering that I'm living in a place that I didn't grow up in, I don't know the language, you know, there's a lot of differences in my own value system and the people around me. Although there's a lot of commonalities too, because humans are humans, you know, we all want love, we all want attention, affection, approval, we all want our food and shelter and, and families to be healthy and, and connection. I mean, the hierarchy of needs is across the board. But learning to practice acceptance is a big part of, I would say, spirituality and Islam. This idea of submitting, letting go, trusting in God is a type of acceptance that it's the world, the universe, my life is being orchestrated by the great designer, the superior one, Allah Azza wa Jal. And only through Allah Azza wa Jal will true resilience be developed. How do we bounce back from crappy things? We use coping strategies. We try to ha practice positive mindset, things like gratitude. And gratitude, by the way, is not just being grateful for all the good stuff that you have. It's also about being grateful for the tests and tribulations that Allah didn't put your way. Because all of us know stories of people that we go, man, alhamdulillah for me, right? I'm glad that didn't happen to me. And that's very important to reflect on. This is why we have to pay attention to what's happening around us and that other people's experiences are different than ours. I've also learned that I have to manage my expectations as a person. We all have our own limitations and people have limitations and they're not always going to meet your expectations. So if I adjust those expectations, I avoid placing my entire emotional well-being in the hands of others. Healthy relationships is another important tool. Feeling connected. I know that every time I reach out to friends or family, have a discussion, spend time with them, I always feel better as a person. I always feel more whole, more connected. Nowadays, sometimes we avoid people too much. And being on screens and Instagram and whatever else people are doing with all these digital social lives, it's not the same thing as sitting with someone in the park under a tree, feeling the breeze, having a discussion or sharing a meal. Processing your past pain with somebody. Getting advice. I've also learned that self-care. Every time my life feels off balance, I reevaluate my self-care activities. How am I managing stress? How am I regulating my emotions? Am I exercising? Am I being mindful? Am I meditating? Am I doing things that are cathartic, whether it's journaling or art, socializing? And lastly, taking things day by day. Every time I have a really crappy day, I tell myself, Kareem, tomorrow's a new day. Inshallah, when you wake up, you have a reset, if you do, tomorrow. And we'll take it then. A lot of times when we feel like it's over, life is crumbling in on us, there's no other alternatives, we're stuck, things suck. That's when a lot of us develop unhealthy coping mechanisms like addictions, escapism, distractions, disassociations. We isolate from people. 
Many of us know what we need to do. We just don't get to doing it. I've spoken to many people in the past who would have great progress in their personal development, their relationship development. And then things start to go downhill and they say, what do I do? And I say, well, what have you done before that's helped you? Let's look at the evidence of your past progress. And they'll say, yeah, all those things worked and I just haven't been doing them. Well, why haven't you been doing them? I got lazy, I lost the flow, I'm just not motivated. Well, motivation is not what's gonna get you through life. It's discipline, it's being anchored in principles and values, it's being rational, and it's being attuned to your emotions. Next time, we'll talk more about emotional intelligence and self-regulation, what that means. How do I know when my body is dysregulated? What are the physiological signs? Why does it happen? And what can I do about it? Because a lot of us, when we do stupid shit, it's when we're angry. It's when we're aggressive. It's when we're avoidant. And most of us, when we feel threatened or hurt, we're in an avoidance state or an aggressive state. So recognizing when that happens as part of your own emotional intelligence, your own attunement to yourself. Tune in on our next episode. So we'll break that down more in our next episode. Thanks again for listening. Thank you patrons for supporting the podcast. And if you haven't supported the podcast yet, please visit patreon.com slash coffee with Kareem if you'd like one-on-one -on -one consulting for personal or relationship matters, visit newhumanconsulting.com. Till next time.